Good morning, everyone. The key to today's gospel is our opening line. There's there's a lot going on uh, that we could talk about this morning. But I really want to focus in on that line in Matthew 6.24, where Jesus says, No one can serve two masters. Uh, And I'm going to get it wrong, so let me look at it. It says... No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is an Aramaic word, and it just means, it can mean money or it can mean kind of material possessions. But it's interesting, the root of the word in its original meaning goes all the way back to, it means that which you place your trust in. That's the key to our gospel today. When I was in seminary, your last year of seminary uh, is your seventh year, at least here in Denver. And after seven years of being locked in a really cool building with 100 guys, you're really ready to get out. (laughs) Um, And that was a tough year for me. It's a tough year for most guys that year. And you're ordained a deacon for that last year. So everyone who's a priest is first a deacon. You have to be ordained a deacon, then you're ordained a priest. So I was a deacon that year, and I remember feeling like I was torn in eight directions. When you're a deacon in the seminary, you're expected to be kind of a leader and to be someone who is invested in the younger guys, uh, who's present. Uh, and I felt that pressure. I felt like, wow, I'm at, I was living in Christ the King Parish And I felt that I needed to be there for the the younger seminarians. My community had also started the Companions of Christ. And the Companions of Christ were like, Brian, we need you. We need you to be present. We need you to help guide the community. You know, you have to be here. And both of those communities told me they never saw me, uh, which was tough. But then I had Father Kevin Augustine up in Boulder, who was my priest that I was assigned to at St. Thomas Aquinas, and a brilliant, wonderful man, and just unbelievably demanding. <laughs> and he just wanted more of my time. He was always like, Brian, we need you here. We need you at St. Thomas. We need you to be here a lot. And they had a Sunday night, 9 p.m. mass, and so he wanted me always to stay for that. And when I stayed for that mass, I didn't get back to the seminary until about midnight, and the rector didn't care that I got it back at midnight, right? Next morning, you better be at holy hour, and you better be awake. Uh, and then finally, my last kind of tension was that evil, wicked Dr. Tim Gray, head of the Augustine Institute. I'm just kidding. Uh, Tim's amazing. But Tim thought I was going for a doctorate, and so he was pushing me really, really hard on my thesis. And so the seminary, your thesis work uh, is required to be 30 pages, And most guys write between 30 and 35 pages on their thesis. Mine was 64, right? Which was a telltale sign of what you all were to get at mass in the coming years. It should have been a red flag. But here's the point, right? It's what Jesus says. At the end of the day, brothers and sisters, someone has to be your master. Human beings are made to serve. Don't get this wrong. People think I'm not going to serve. By the way, if you're that one of those people, if you say, I'm not going to serve anybody, that's the motto of Satan. 
Right? I believe it's in Paradise Lost. In Paradise Lost, Milton, and he captures the essence of what Satan is all about. Satan's motto is non, non serviam. I will not serve. One point I want to make today, we'll flush it out, but brothers and sisters, you're going to serve someone. You will serve something in your life. Human beings are made for that. We serve things. And if you don't serve God, you will serve the world. If you don't serve God, you will serve the world. And that's kind of the default. We'll break that out in a second here, but... Our lives are naturally in our time oriented towards that. And unless you choose conscientiously to serve God, you will serve the world. By the way, a human being is the most valuable thing in existence. You know, that St. Thomas Aquinas says that um, one, a human soul is worth more than the entire created universe. One human soul. That's why we care so much why abortion is so evil. It's because one human soul is worth the entire created universe. More than. Satan and the world wants you to worship them, right? The last temptation of Christ in Matthew chapter 4, Satan says, if you, Jesus, if you worship me, I will give you all the kingdoms of the world. Brothers and sisters, there's always going to be more. And here's what we tell ourselves, don't we? So many Catholics, I'm convinced of this, we think, I want, Brian, Father Brian, I want to come to know God more. I want to love him. I want to serve him. There's just no time. Never mind the average American watches 37 hours of television a week. That's another sermon. Pack your bags, you're going on a guilt trip. Um, <laughs> But, but this is not a new line, and I want to draw your attention to something. Today, Jesus says, right, no one can serve two masters. And a lot of commentators think behind today's gospel, that word serve. In Hebrew, the word to serve and the word to worship are the same word. Avad in Hebrew. So in Exodus chapter 5, remember that story in Exodus 5 where Moses goes to Pharaoh and he says, you know, um, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let, oh, oh, let my people go. We used to sing that in Totus Tuus. And yeah, you remember Totus Tuus? It's awesome. But anyway, he goes to Pharaoh and he says that. And Pharaoh says, the Jews are coming. They're saying, we need to go serve Avad, God in the wilderness. And they ask for three days originally. And Pharaoh responds and he uses the same word. And he says, he says the Hebrews are obviously lazy. Let them be given more avad. And most translations in English translate it that second time as work. And so he takes away their straw to make bricks, and he says, but you will produce the same amount of bricks. So he increases their work. And that line, brothers and sisters, hasn't changed. When I talk to good Catholics, and you're here and I love that you're here, when I talk to good Catholics, 
and I try to encourage them to grow in their faith, they say, Father, I'd love to do that. I don't have time. I don't have time to give to God. And brothers and sisters, the truth of the matter is that at a certain point, if you do not say no to the world, you'll never serve God. The world is always going to want more. It's always going to want you to serve the world more. It's never enough. We always think it is, don't we? And we put off our conversions. We put off getting close to God. And we say, you know what? Next year is going to be a better year. I will I'll get closer to God next year. If you're a teacher, you say, well, on summer, maybe I'll, I'll get closer to God. And then you start saying things like, well, when the kids grow up, then I'll make time for God. When I retire, I'll make time for God. When I die, I'll make time for God. That's true, right? You'll be, you'll be at the bottom of purgatory being like, all right, that's time. <laughs> Father Brian was right. The world's never going to lighten up. It's always going to ask more. It wants more from you. The world wants you to bow at its feet. The word today that Jesus says for two masters is the word kurios in Greek, which, means, which is what we say in Lent when we say kyrie eleison. Eleison is mercy. Kyrie is Lord. So Jesus today uses that word. He says you cannot have two lords you can't do it. And brothers and sisters, here's the lie with all of it. Even if you're doing good work and, and you never said, you know what? I'm going to say no to the world and make Jesus the center, the ultimate Lord. When my faith comes in conflict with the world, I'm going to say yes to God first. Even if you get to a point where you have time, you retire and you say, wow, now I have time for God. Here's where the world cheats you. We become so enamored by the world and we give our hearts to it that when you retire and you have all this time, this is a widespread phenomenon, we don't know what to do with ourselves. Because we've been so distracted, we've given our hearts over to so many worldly things that when we finally have time to come before God, we can't even be silent. And so if you don't say no to the world, you'll never say yes to God. If you can't block the world out, you're never going to get to a place where you can really serve him. And my point, brothers and sisters, is the world is a horrible master. It's a horrible master. It is a cruel overlord. It will take everything you have and more. I read this morning, I was checking the news this morning, which I probably shouldn't have done this morning, but I checked the news, and there's an article, because I remembered this for my sermon. Uh, in France this year, starting January 1st this year, there was a lawsuit that went through in France that gave people the right to not check their email outside of work. Wouldn't that be nice? My staff's not allowed to do that, but... Uh, but isn't that the truth? Cell phones are supposed to make our lives easier. And we're like, oh yeah, now I can do email from my cell phone. And guess what? 
Now the world wants all of your time. More and more of it. Brothers and sisters, you're going to serve someone. Uh, and I want to I bring this up as well. The word for anxiety Jesus gives today, he says, merimnao, may merimnao, do not be anxious. That same word, we're in Matthew chapter 6, that's the same word Jesus uses for the thorns in Matthew chapter 13. Remember the parable of the sower? The, the, the word of God goes out, and Jesus sows the word into hearts. And some falls on rocky ground, and some falls on hard ground, and some falls among thorns. And Jesus says the thorns are the merimnaai, the anxieties of the world. And what do they do? They choke the wheat. So simply, brothers and sisters, there is no neutral ground. If you do not guard your heart from the anxieties of the world, you will not be fruitful. You will not serve God. It does not just happen. If you do not give an intentional no to the world, the word of God will be choked out of your heart. final image this morning and one practical piece of advice. Some of the saints use this image. You know, we're so worried about anxiety and so am I. I'm the same way, brothers and sisters. You know, we're, we're wrapping up this capital campaign and I do the same thing. I'm like, after the capital campaign, I'll be, <laughs> there'll be no more anxiety, right? And like, when I have a parochial vicar, I, I won't be having any anxiety, right? It's not going to happen. But a lot of saints use the image of, of a lake, if there's a storm on a lake and it's a really shallow storm, there's turmoil from top to bottom of that lake. And they use this image for your soul. If you give your life to Christ, right, if you learn from him how to have depth, there's still going to be storms. They're going to come. The water on the surface is going to be in turmoil. But someone who has a deep soul, a foot below the surface, is calm and filled with peace. Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat and drink, or what you will wear. For your Father knows all these things. Brothers and sisters, you're going to serve someone. Who will you serve? The world is a cruel, wicked overlord, and it will never be enough. But if you choose to serve Christ, you'll have a depth to your soul that no storm can disturb. One practical for you, we're moving into Lent, and I always say this, you know, the the world stirs our souls, right? If your soul is filled with envy and jealousies and lusts and pride, it doesn't matter where you go. You can go to Hawaii. It sounds awesome. I want to go. But you're going to take those things with you. Right? A change of scenery does not change your soul. 
and you'll be in turmoil there. I always joke about, you know, my heart is a priesthood. I'm like, I'm moving to Telluride. I'm getting an awesome dog. I'm no longer going to be celibate, right? (laughs) But if I did that, it wouldn't change anything. What matters is your soul. That's what counts. And so my advice to you, my, my challenge to you is today is the day of resurrection. Sunday, Jesus Christ rose from the dead so that you would have eternal life. Today belongs to him. And every Sunday of your life does not belong to the world. It belongs to Jesus. And I know what you think. It's like, I think the same thing. Well, if I just go and shop a little bit today or I work a little bit for myself at work, what's the big deal? The big deal is the world wants to be your kurios. It wants to be your Lord. And it wants you to answer to it and to be consumed by it. Tell it no. Today belongs to Jesus Christ. Today is a day when you turn off your email and your cell phone. You know, I think it's good for families to go to, to restaurants and, and movies and things together. But if you don't say no to the world, it'll never belong to him. And so Jesus, today give us the courage. Lord, the joy of having you as our Lord. Jesus, your yoke is easy, your burden is light. And you give rest to our souls. Jesus, I pray for everyone here today, Lord. I pray that we would be different. Not Catholics who just go to Mass, but Jesus, Catholics who have you for their Lord. May you reign in our hearts and our souls. Jesus, may you today and for the rest of our lives and eternity, Jesus, will you be Lord.